and welcome to another edition of the Copcast Podcast. We're coming to you after Liverpool 2, Brighton 2. The Reds go two up and again, defensive frailties, if you want to call them that, have cost us two what are looking to be more and more important points as certainly Chelsea rumble away, not really conceding goals at all. Um and to discuss where we are and uh, look over the game, I've got Johnny Henderson in Belfast and Neil Patterson in Berlin. So, Chief, it's it's a great start to the game. It's you know we go at them, we press them so high, you know, right up right, right up inside their six yard box attempts, we're pressing them, and we get the goals, two good goals, um, and then we look like we're going to go three 0 up. Until the VAR intervenes, rightly so, probably you have to admit. But then, from from potentially three nil, three nil up to to two one up, and that gives them an incentive and it galvanises them a little bit and it really changes the mentality of both sides there. And they seem to use it, and and we we do not. We um we become passive and, and start to play within ourselves and just don't really get the grips of the game after that and we, and we pay the price for it. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's a, a fair assessment. Like, we look like, as you say, we were going to run away with it and um, I suppose it probably is fair in the, in the modern day, although it was hardly the hand of God. Like, it wasn't exactly a deliberate handball, but um, it, did, it did go in off his arm. Um, but at that, at that stage, you think, you know, the next one's in the post. Unfortunately, then uh, Brighton go up the other end, and I don't know is it a bird, is it a plane, is it a cross, is it, is it a shot, is it, is it brilliant, or is it a fluke? It doesn't really matter. It flies into the top corner, and Allison's unsighted by the sun, and it's a it's a completely different game then. And you know, you're right; it did completely change the mentality of both sides because although Brighton have generally been Decent against us, and um, Potter particularly has has done quite well against us, and they always seem to get a bit lucky against us as well. So our results against them are generally um, like we've won, like we won the game at home last year. But uh, Allison gets sent off, and you know there's a it's it's a bit mad. And then at their place they get that mad penalty, don't they? Danny Welbeck. Um, I don't know if that's last season or the season before, but they get a sort of a last minute draw. Um, and they're they're a bit of a you know the, what I'm trying to say is they they fare generally fare quite well against us at two nil and then looking like three nil they were they were done. Um, but as it what with with what transpired the whole thing flipped and they got a real foothold in the game and a real grip of it and we we didn't adapt well. Um, I think there's maybe the odd. Other mitigating circumstance, like you know, Naby Keita going off and um, again, and and the midfield takes a knock there. Um, but we don't we don't adjust well enough, and we don't get the grips with it. And in the end, you know, uh, they bring on a couple more forwards, and, and I wouldn't say we're lucky, but you know, we're happy enough to get out out of there. You know. With a draw because they're probably the better side last twenty. Yeah, Johnny. They do go into the game, but 
there was signs even before, you know, you know, the first chance, the first chance is there and, and it's theirs. Um, and then hit the post as well. I think before we go two 0 so you know they'd shown flashes that they could cause us problems. And I think it was interesting. Mopey, I think it's fair to say probably isn't as clinical as as Potter or Brighton fans would like him to be. But you know he nearly always gets a start, if not practically always. Um, but he drops him, and he goes straw yeah. hard and like a false nine. Um, and Mopey doesn't even come on. Um, so you know the plan is very specific for us, um, which is what you would expect a team to do which is exactly what we saw a team not do last week at Old Trafford. But as we've seen, Potter seems to be a, a very tactically astute manager. Um, and so it was borne out in the game. The false nine dropped in there, similar to, to what Simeone did. Outnumbered us in the midfield, was able to play in the, in the half spaces, as, as Klopp would call them. And, and we find it really hard to kind of stem that constant threat that they have with Alana moving in behind. Trossard, as I said, causing problems getting the goal. Basuma's obviously back for them as well, which which was a, a big plus. And you know, you have to you have to give them you have to give them credit to a degree, but we Chiefs right, we don't do anything to kind of we don't change anything really to, to try and, you know, once it's identified what they're doing to put a stop in there somewhere? No, it's... They're a very well-coached team. Potter is a really good manager, and I think Klopp has a lot of respect for Potter. And I think you can break the game into... You know, if you think about the way the game went, they started lively. You know, we had a really badly held line. Robbo, not for the first time on the day. He, 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 we left them in. Um, early on, and it's a tight angle, and it's a really good save from from Allison, but they absolutely spring her offside. But then, for you know, for that first half an hour, we are excellent. I mean, we are absolutely excellent. We've got a really good, you know, momentum. The midfield's really, really on it, um, and everything's clicking and everything's working. And we stretch them. We get a lovely first goal. The pressing is working like a dream. But then of the blue, we cater coming off, but Ox comes on and he straight away pings in a, like it's a wonder cross. It really is. It's, it's, it's as pinpoint as you, it is as much of a put it on a plate for someone as you'll ever see. And, and at that point, we're looking every bit. The team that's dismantled Man United look has dismantled Watford. Um, then Mane has the, the press that it looks like it's 3 0. And you're genuinely then thinking, Brighton are obviously thinking, Christ, we are in for it here, uh, and that's what the whole the whole ground was thinking. Um, and then it's taken away, and and I think there's a real swing because it goes from a three 0 done and dusted game to two one very very quickly, and it's that thing people have talked about this impact of VAR. Like when you get a decision like that, it put a bit of wind in their sails when they realise, oh right, it's still 2-0. You know, they get that, the goal, and yeah, I've I've, I've heard loads of takes on Mwepu's goal, but it's, you've got to, you, I think we were talking, weren't we, pre-pod, and 
it definitely doesn't look like there's anyone in the box to cross to. So you've got to give the lad credit. It's a bit Gerard-esque, actually. It's like Gerard at uh, Marseille, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? It's just, it, he just puts that whip on it. And yeah, people are saying the sun's in Alison's eyes and he should be wearing a cap and blah, blah, blah. It's easy to look. You know, it, it's perfect. And from a position of 3-0 down, dead and buried, being embarrassed, they get in at half time. Um, happier, probably the happier team. We've lost Naby, and <clears throat> it's a really, really poor second half. We're not at the races. Our shape doesn't look good. They are getting their bodies around the midfield. You know, Trossard was the best player in the, arguably the best player in the pitch. He, he was, he was absolutely superb. And Lalana had, you know, March was there, Motor was there. You had Basuma, you had Mwepu. And they just got so many bodies around us. And unfortunately, plugging gaps uh, in the midfield, it's not strong points for uh, Curtis Jones. And it's not a strong point for, for, for Ox. You know, it's it's just not their game. They need Keita's or they need especially a Fabinho, Fabinho there, a Thiago there, someone to, you know, do that. And yeah, I know Wijnaldum's name was mentioned too, but it, we just... We couldn't get a foothold in the game, and they grew and grew in confidence. And I think it, you know you've got to be gutted when you when you're tuning up at home to Brighton and don't win. But at the same time, we could have easily lost that game. I think one thing as well we haven't mentioned, which was interesting, was and I don't really know the reason for it. He played Matip for 45 minutes in the cup, so it looked like he was just playing him to get his rhythm right. I think starting with Kanadi, um, you know that was interesting. You know, it was interesting, and and I think Rob was having a bit of a patch at the minute. Where, you know, for the second goal, we just defensively we we just weren't quite at it. The midfield weren't quite at it, and at the back we weren't quite at it. And Brighton are a good team, and they capitalised. And yeah, it, it is it is what it is. It's it's partly a drop off from us, but that's also a little bit crude as well. On it's not really fair on Brighton because they were really good. They had a plan. They stuck to it. They played some really good football. And they absolutely deserved their point. They, they absolutely deserved the point. Yeah. Um, Chief Johnny, you know, Johnny touches in the first half an hour that, you know, it is looking like we're going to take the game away from them. But once we stop playing like that, Brighton's got a foothold. Um, and it's really difficult to play like we did the first half an hour for 90 minutes. And we've seen this this season already where we can be open and we are susceptible and we've thrown away two goal leads before in 1920 when we win the league a 2-0 there I reckon Brighton hardly touched the ball and if they do touch the ball it's nowhere near our penalty area we slow the game down we control it um, we make sure to you know maybe get the get the 60 and and maybe pick them off towards the end of the game. But we don't really have to. Um, and at the minute, it just doesn't seem like that. And, you know, there's a lot, there's a, been a lot of theories behind this. And I just wondered what, what your thoughts were, because there are certain tactical differences that we've seen. But obviously, there's also a personnel is, issue there in the midfield that Johnny mentioned, which which may be contributing to it. And I just, you know, I wondered, is, is there something specific that stuck out to you? Um, well, it's probably 
a little bit of a combination of both, you'd, you'd say. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think you you do miss the likes of well, you do miss Fabinho in there. Um, I think if I think if he starts the last four or five games, potentially you don't see um, the 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 mistakes or the or the situations which have allowed us to sort of throw away um, two goal leads and one goal lead, um, and leads in general this season. And we've, we've had a few of them. We had the the Atletico game. We've thrown the lead away twice against against Brentford um, to draw a game that we should win. Throwing a two two goal lead away, obviously against Brighton, um, and obviously against that Atletico in the in the Champions League, where we we do come back and and win. So you know, personnel I think contributes. Obviously, we haven't had we haven't had we have a little bit of a, an issue, an ongoing issue now in, in central midfield is becoming a, a bit of a thing with James Milner out and obviously Naby Kaida now out again as well, it seems, um, for a little while anyway. It, luckily, Fabinho and, and Thiago are apparently back in, in training, so they should they should be in contention again for the Atletico game, which we'll come on to talk about later, I'm sure. But... Um, yeah, I'm not sure if you can you can put it all down to personnel. Um, there's you can you can bring in the idea of of uh, changes at the back as well with Kanate coming in, um, sort of bet trying to bet him in uh, a little bit in the in the Premier League uh, side. Um, you can talk about perhaps still trying to rotate and still trying to to get Van Dijk and Matip back up to. A hundred percent, but you know, tactically as well, we we are more open. We are we are um, leaving bigger bigger spaces, and you know, result of that is we we we're going at teams more and we're pressing high, perhaps even higher. But um, there seem to be mistakes coming with that as well, which was sort of being highlighted. The offside trap isn't. Isn't working like it was. Um, you're right. It referenced in 1920. Um, you you knew if if it looked like our offside trap had been sprung and, and someone had scored, you knew it was going to get ruled out for offside. You knew VAR was going to come back and it was going to be off. I mean, really, nine times out of ten, we we really got that down pretty much to a T. And you know, if the Brighton sprung us time after time, as as Johnny mentioned, they, they did it in the first minute. So, you know, there's there's issues there as well, but but tactically we're um, we we appear to be more willing to more willing to engage and less um, less able perhaps or or less concerned with uh, as you mentioned shutting 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 the game down and managing game from from that position. Um, we are scoring more goals. I mean, I think we referenced the last part. I mean, about the, the number of away goals we're scoring and five against Watford and five against um, um, against Porto and five against um, obviously Man United. So we are scoring the goals, but we're conceding them as well. Um, so I think it's probably a little bit of everything. I mean, on the whole, we're we're obviously we're still unbeaten, so it's not. It's not working out too badly, but we we have thrown now we have now thrown away a couple of uh, four, four points now 
from, from real positions of strength this season. Um, and it's something you would like to, to put a stop to, really, because it'll be costly if we don't. Yeah, Johnny, it's, it is starting to become a little bit of a concern. Um, and, you know, Chiefs write, write the reference both things. These, when these things happen, it's, it's, there's really one root cause to it. But I just wonder, do you feel like if we have Thiago and Fabinho in there, do we see a different performance? Do we see a different outcome potentially? Um, is there more experience and know-how in the middle of the park to, to do that thing that we were doing in 1920 and take control of the game and just be a bit more, bit more streetwise to be able to game manage, if you want to use that term? Yeah, I, I, I think I think so. I think um, our in-game. I think our in-game management has been poor at times this season. And I'm thinking of, you know, that's not the first game where we've seen us come out of the traps absolutely looking like world beaters. I mean, the Milan game in the Champions League was an interesting game as well because we come out and we're absolutely dominant. We get a goal, we then miss a penalty to go two, but we're battering them. And then we go in at halftime, 2-1 down. Everyone's like, well, what just happened there? So, and I think, it's, you know, there's a lot of factors. I, I totally think a personnel thing. Maybe it's the fact that Klopp's looking at it and thinking, well, we've got to try and blitz this team because we don't really have the players. Like, I mean, if you had Gini, Thiago and Fabinho, you know, if you if you have that, that midfield, you, you know those guys can sit full the gaps and, just keep the ball and, and run down the clock and take the sting out of the game. And and I think with Curtis, and especially when when Ox comes on, uh, you know, it's almost like well, right, we've got to try and get this this game done. And when we don't get the third, and then it's two one, we visibly tire. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's I think it's personnel is a is a big massive part of that. Um, and maybe a little bit of complacency as well. I think maybe we're playing so well going forward that, you know, where we is diligent in the midfield and closing out the gaps and stuff. Um, I thought it was interesting on Saturday how animated Klopp was. Um, uh, you know, when I watched the game back, he, he was really, really animated uh, a lot of the game. He, <laughs> he clearly wasn't happy, wasn't liking what he was saying. And he made comments after the game about the midfield and, we just kept inviting them through and they charged through. So, and, and I suppose for me, the reassuring thing is, you know, as you're saying, Thiago and Fabinho are back in training now. But, but we're not, at, we're, one of the biggest, most notable things of, of Klopp's reign has been when there is a recurring, if there's something that's starting to become a recurring theme, <clears throat> he will address this on the training ground and they will make the tweaks and the adjustments. I mean, that's been a factor. We, we always learn. And I think there was a lot of learns from that game and a lot of learning for Curtis Jones in particular. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a combination. It's hard to pinpoint, but I suppose too, we sometimes forget that, you know, you can have an off day. It is football and the ball is round and these things can happen. And, 
maybe we're all just a little bit spoilt and we sort of expect, we just expect the three points now at Anfield, especially against a team like Brighton. And it's just maybe a wee bit of a reminder that, you know, the reason this team are so special is because it's not easy and you've got to be really consistent week in, week out. And when you're not, you're not quite on it and you've got a few people missing, you can get caught out. So hopefully we learn from it. Yeah, we do need to learn from it, Chief. Um, the personnel thing I, I we'll touch on first. Um, there's been a lot of comparisons thrown around to the centre-back issue last year. Um, and let's call it a fair bit of catastrophizing. But I'm not quite at that point yet. Yes, I have a frustration personally around... Tiago and, and Naby Keita's constant unavailability. Um, but these midfield issues, if you want to throw Milner, etc. in here, Harvey Elliott withstanding, it's not like last year. It's not like we've lost, you know, three key guys for essentially the season. Um there will come a point, and you would expect the not too distant future, that we're gonna have if not a full complement, close to a full complement of midfielders to pick from. No, I think that's fair. Um, but it's just a pain in the hole, isn't it? That uh, when when you get injuries, it's it's in the same position. Um, and it seems to happen to, to us, you know, quite regularly. I don't know if, if every fan feels that, but um, we seem to, we seem to, Stockpile injuries, um, in, yeah. so uh, it's a it's it's a bit annoying. And you know, some of the best news you'll hear is that uh, Fabinho and, and Thiago are are back in training and, and in contention to start because they've been missing for for far too long. Because the uh, other side of it, Chief, that the other side of it is that you know, if you if you want to look back to the year we won the league as well, it was practically always. Fabinho, Henderson, and Aldum for yeah. large parts of the season. So yeah, we're going to have these guys back, but if there are going to be constant injury concerns in there, because we know that Milner can't play every week, that's been constantly reiterated over the last few years when we, we start to flog him to the point where he can't run anymore. You know, Thiago, Ox, Kaida, we've talked on. Henderson and Fabinho's availability is is certainly, you know, far from from a clean um, copybook so that lack of continuity in, in there could be a big issue here as well well that's it um, and that that goes along with with everything that although you know the team that, that won the league and the team that won the European Cup they had their their issues as well I think we we said at the time that I mean, was it was it Fabinho, Van Dijk, Gomez, and somebody else hadn't been on Allison perhaps hadn't been on the or hadn't been on the pitch together for more than like two games at uh, at at some point. Um, so they, you know, we we had we had our issues then as well. But the reliability is is a problem because the most reliable midfielder we've had over the over the years it was was Genie, and of course he's he's moved on. Um and the other lads and the lad we replaced him with, Thiago, 
amazing player as he is, is doesn't have doesn't have that that level of of stamina or that level of of resilience, shall we say, to to be able to to play thirty five league games a season um, or more. So it is a bit of a concern, um, but all you've got to all you all you can do is 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 hope that the medical team gets Fabinho and you know Henderson and Kaida as fit as as possible, and you get as many consecutive games as you can, or as many games as you can out of Thiago as well, because Curtis Joe and Curtis Jones, you know Curtis Jones is is getting his game as well, but. Sometimes, yeah, he's he's still he's still not someone you you can 100 percent count on to do the, the job you need in certain situations. Like as as we said, as Johnny mentioned, you know he's 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 young. He doesn't have the cool head or the experience just to necessarily sit on the ball and and take the sting out of the game and. You need, you know, we're going to need, we're going to need the big lads, basically. We're going to need Fabinho, Thiago, Henderson and Kaida fit for for much more of the season than they're not. Um, so all you can do is, is basically cross your fingers and hope that the, the medical team can, can get that sorted because, you know, there are no more signings coming in there. And, um, you know, certainly not before, not before January and I would doubt very much in January. So. That's what we have. Basically, it is what it is. Yeah, we've been here before. <laughs> but, like, but yeah, so, you know, Johnny, it, the goals that we are conceding, they're becoming a bit concerning. Um, I think it's, it's eight goals in 10 games conceded in the league. It's what? four goals in three matches conceded in the Champions League. You know, that's nearly a goal a game you're going at. Whereas, we know City have got their issues. That was evidenced um, when Palace caused them problems with exactly the sort of style and exactly the sort of players that you would expect to cause them problems. And on the other hand, Chelsea, who have conceded three goals this season. And I heard the other day that they haven't conceded a goal from open play. Now, I don't know if that's right, because I can't remember Gabby Jesus' goal um, for City against them. But Tuchel did this last year as well. This is not, you know, just one of those spells. And as we saw with ourselves um, and City, if you've got the best defence... It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter how many goals other teams score. If you've got the best defense, you're probably you're probably favourites to go out there and and win the title, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, have, having a strong defense, we know that that's like what do they always say? Attacks win games, and defenses win titles. Chelsea's an interesting one though because, I mean, I would pay attention. To with with the fantasy league and that where they talk about you know teams and defenders to, to go for and expected goals and what, what and one of the interesting things about Chelsea is they, they they've obviously had two games now which were against they, they beat Norwich didn't they they put seven on Norwich 
and they beat Newcastle by three. They've just played the worst two teams in the league and they haven't conceded uh, and they never conceded a goal and their stats look a lot better. But but one of the things with Chelsea, believe it or not, was they're actual, they, they've been outperforming their expected goals against significantly before playing those two absolute, they're, they're two awful teams, by the way, absolutely awful. Um, you know, Norwich are going to be up there as, as possibly the, the worst Premier League team ever at, at the current rate. So, although I'm, you know, you look at you look at some stats, they they've probably been lucky to have had the number of shutouts and conceded the number of goals they had. I think Mendy's been outstanding. You know, the goalkeeper's been outstanding for them in a lot of games. And but listen, we we know we said this, didn't we? With Chelsea, we said. They're they're going to be serious now. You know, Lampard was just a ridiculously silly appointment. He, he just didn't have the credentials at all. They got a, a genuinely world class coach in, and they've won the Champions League. And they're a very formidable team. I I genuinely though, I still I still don't fear them. I don't fear them in the way I fear Man City. I I, I still we know. Uh, one one thing I take a bit of comfort from is we know that us, that our team, and we know Man City are capable of crazy, crazy winning streaks where we, we can put it together. Um, we we finished, I know it was mid-season and stuff, we, we finished above that Chelsea team last season and they, 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 they can have their wobbles. I mean, if you watch them in the home game with Man City, they were absolutely... I don't think they had a shot on target. They're not. They're not as flawless as people make out. I've seen them in the Champions League away at Juventus, where they were thoroughly outplayed and deserved to lose that game. They're not flawless by any means. Are they going to be right up there this season? Yeah, they probably are. Do do they have a lot of? You know, they've got very strong attacking fullbacks, but like we do, you know, Chilwell, Reese James, very, very, very strong. And then you've got just good seasoned pros, Aspilicueta, Thiago Silva, um, you know, Rudiger, they, 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 the Christian. So they've got they've got quality. They've got a big, big, big panel of players. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll wait and see. I, I don't. I don't think they're as flawless as I say. Maybe he'll adjust it now. Maybe maybe they won't cough up the same chances, and maybe they won't be as reliant on Mandy. Um, but you'd rather be in their position, wouldn't you? You know, they've got a wee, they've got a wee three point gap on us. They've probably had a tougher start to the season than we have. They've had to go to, you know, they've they've, they've come to our ground. They've they've been to Arsenal, and Arsenal are suddenly looking in the up. They've they've been there. They've played Man City already, um, so they've had a pretty pretty tough schedule. And to be sitting where they are, they'll they'll be they'll be well pleased with themselves. But it's early days. I think there's. There's there's a long way to go, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it genuinely feels like it could be a three way title, doesn't it? This season, which would be very unusual. Yeah, it looks like that. Um, Chief Johnny says he doesn't fear Chelsea the way he fears City. I don't know about you, but I, I think I'm swinging the other way. I, I had my concerns about City at the start of the season. Um, I still think there's issues there. I still think there's gaps in their squad, which I don't believe Chelsea have, and. Um, you know, <laughs> the keeper for the first goal in Saturday is absolutely brutal, awful. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know about you, but 
I feel Chelsea just, to me, they feel a little bit ominous at the moment in that horrible kind of, you know, Mourinho sort of way when he, you know, when he actually won things and didn't piss everybody off inside three weeks. Yeah, they 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 were taken seriously, obviously, um, and I've started to 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 take them seriously. I mean, I know I know what Johnny means as well, and that they didn't sweep aside all comers in the league last season. Uh, I know Tuchel joined mid-season, and he he obviously picked them up and did really well. Um, but you know, as Johnny referenced as well, they were they were massively underperforming under Lampard. Um, you could also say they put more eggs in the Champions League basket and haven't got that under their belt now. They're they're you know ultra focused and ultra determined, and Tuchel wants to follow what Klopp did and win them you know back to back. And you know they are they are out in front, so they're making the pace. What is ominous is is that goes against column as you say and. You know, the year we won the league, obviously we conceded quite a few goals uh, after the lockdown period, uh, towards the end of the season when the when the leagues when the leagues won, or you know, um, well, yeah, the leagues basically won. We need to win two games, and we get that wrapped up against Chelsea. Funnily enough, um, but up until that point, we had conceded very few. Um, we were absolutely miserly. Um, I think we went seven games or something before we conceded our first goal that season, or eight games or something mad. Yeah, um, it's even better than Chelsea's is now, to be fair. Yeah, so I mean that 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 was the big difference for us, and we knew that because we were scoring goals, and when we started to become that that we started we as fans we started to know as as was saying in reference earlier we would know. If they, if they got through that, well, that's offside. You know, we'd know that if someone looked like they were going to get away, Verge would 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 do what he needed to do. We'd know that if someone actually did get through, Allison would make the save. You you became confident. You became confident. Liverpool went ahead. They win the game, and you'd know they would go ahead as well. So, if you ever went to go behind, you you felt confident. You would only be that one. They they would only get that one, and and you would you would get the two you needed at least to go on and win the game. Um, and that's changed, as we were talking about earlier, a little bit for us. And I, I would say if you're a Chelsea fan now, you're sitting there going, I know if we score, we, we win the game. Because if we go ahead, we're, we're going to win the game because we're so miserly. We're so we're so tight at the back. We're so good at the back. But they're not flawless, as Johnny says. And, you know, they have played a lot of shite recently. And therefore, it's not, re- you know, what would be good is if they got a little bit carried away with themselves um, and and kind of, you know, a, a couple of results, one or two, just just a couple of drop points here, a couple of drop points there, and all of a sudden their league, their lead evaporates. And we'll see if they have actually got the got the wherewithal within the squad to, to really make a push for the title. Because uh, of course this Chelsea side's not won the title, and, and both City and, and Liverpool have. Although I agree with you, Dave Dunning, in that um, I don't, I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not as scared of, of of City. I really not. I know they did well last season and and yada yada, but I think last season was was a bit of an uh, was a complete anomaly in terms of football, and 
I think if you look at their scores and stuff, they, you know, ultimately it wasn't that impressive a season from them, and I could see them sort of recording roughly the same points total this season, or maybe a few, even a few less than that. And I think we'll get more than that. So, so yeah, at this point, Chelsea are the ones I that I'm looking of, look, well, looking over my shoulder at, even though they're ahead of us. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I. I still I have a doubt about Terry at the start of the season and I, I still have my doubts about them. There's nothing that's, that's happened to change my mind there. De Bruyne is, you know, he's not really been at it at the moment. A game like Saturday is probably where you look at it and go, well, what would a Harry Kane have done to that result? Um, obviously, the red card doesn't help them, but they put themselves in positions like that regularly and, and the first goal comes from a position like that too. So, you know, we're not quite sure if, you know, Laporte's come in there, he's played five games in a row, he's got himself sent off, but he was he was well out of favour. So they don't know their, their best centre-half partnership and Johnny, that's something that, something I'm beginning to feel like we are at the moment it's very strange seeing you know it's very strange not knowing which centre half partnership you're going to see on a Saturday yeah. when everybody's fit it, it, this isn't normal for us um, and I think it's safe to say I, I know we all think Virgil is like some sort of you know Greek titan or something but he's not quite Virgil yet certainly along the ground um, I don't think and yeah Kanate comes in against United and, and he does really well but this you know it's strange saying this but it is a fact that Brighton are a different proposition they're far more intelligent football side um, than Manchester United are um, and they've got pace and they've got tricky little players that, that can play in play in the half spaces and drag you about and cause you problems and, and that's kind of what happened to him um, I thought he struggled a little bit both with and without the ball so I yeah. thought it was very, very strange that, that Matt doesn't start, especially given that he doesn't play the full 90 uh, during the week. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it is unusual for us. Um, but I suppose, you know, the committee, we, we can speculate all we want about why, you know, it felt to me that playing him at pressing for 45 was... An absolute signal. Get a bit of rhythm. You're going to be in on Saturday, um, but maybe the plan is he wants him for Atletico. You know, he, he wants him to to handle the the Atletico. We, we do have to manage Maddox games, as history tells us that. And we've got we've got fantastic options behind Virgil and Maddox. You know, Canadi and Gomez are two of the best young centre backs. In world football, let's be honest, they are. Um, and, and I think there's a part with Klopp of, you know, these guys need to get their games as well. They need to get them. I think Gomez is the one that's really on the fringes at the moment. Um, you know, he's, he played at Preston, obviously, but Canadi's now been given, um, I think that's three starts in the league. He started against Burnley as well, didn't he? Uh, and, and you can see why against Burnley. They're the archetypal team. You would throw Canadi in there. It's going to be a, a physical sort of game but you're absolutely right I mean they're a clever team and I think what's telling is is you know I think a lot of teams 
with the exception of Brentford with Tony, they they don't try and have a competition with our centre backs and go up against us. I, I I notice that quite a bit. I mean, I think teams have cottoned on to the fact that we're not going to tar- target Joel Matip and Virgil Van Dijk. <laughs> you know, we're not going to try and target Virgil Van Dijk as a potential weak link or Joel Matip because they know that's a waste of time. They're they're probably going to win their headers and they're probably then going to nullify your game plan. Um, so teams are trying to be more clever and. I felt I felt a wee bit for Kanadi because he did struggle, um, but he also struggled because they have a lot of very clever mobile midfield players that weren't really getting tracked. And to be frank, if you're a centre back and you've got two, three people constantly coming through from midfield and not really being picked up, and the spaces in front of you not being closed down, then you're not going to look like Franco Baresi. You know, you're just not. It 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 was difficult for him, and he had players, and he had a lot of decisions to make. And I think that's when a team's set up well and and functioning properly, you don't have multiple decisions to make as a centre back. And they were forcing us into making a lot of decisions. You know, should I go out here? Should I go at this man? Should I drop off? And um, there's two guys coming here. Is it my right shoulder? My left shoulder? Um, and it wasn't helped by Rabo being absolutely all over the place. I mean. Um, I seen our defensive line for the for their second goal, and it was like watching Man United's defensive line that everyone was laughing at when when Keita scored. You know, it was they were all over the place. They were just like in a in a diagonal line, and, and Rabo's just so much deeper. And Rabo is terrible for that cross out equaliser. He's terrible. He's he's not only does he play them on by he's he's totally behind the line. It's, you know, his, his attempt to tackle was really half-hearted. He sort of sticks out his trail and leg a wee bit to try and do a block. Uh, he's just not set at all. Um, so it was a tough one for him. And I, I think we will see Joel Matip back uh, against Madrid. I, I have a feeling we'll see Joel Matip now. He's had a bit of a break. I think we'll see him on Tuesday, or on Wednesday rather, and we'll see him on Sunday at West Ham. Um and, and that's what I would like to see because he does bring a certain calmness um, that I think we lacked at times at the weekend. And at the minute, that's our best centre-back pairing, comfortably, in my opinion. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. Chief, it seems... It seems... I, I don't really even want to ask you this question, but... Is there maybe a shout for Simicus on form at the minute to come in there and play a stretch of games at left back? I know there's maybe a hierarchy in the squad, but we've seen also majoritively the level of, of meritocracy that the club applies to, to earning a shirt and keeping a shirt. And I just wonder... Given the performance on Saturday from Robertson, given his form probably over the season, and I would argue potentially Simicus and his his cameo of games has probably affected matches at the top end of the pitch more than Robertson has over the course of the season so far. Yeah, um, I think it's fair. I think it's a fair shout. Um, there is potentially, a, you know, a. a a space for for Costa to come in and 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 play a few games and and give Robertson a break. I mean, famously he's kind of been been flogged to 
flogged to death over the last couple of seasons, Andy Robbo. Um, especially last season, whenever we had so many injuries elsewhere in the defence, and you know, Klopp was basically at pains to say, "I'm, I'm not going to make any other changes," like um, where I don't have to. So, you know, the, there has been a bit of a drop off in form. Um, there's a lot of responsibility on him. There has been both at Liverpool and, of course, there is for Scotland as well. And there's not been a shortage of internationals that he's been involved in. So I think it's it's it might be even be worth. Um, it might suit all parties. Is what I'm trying to say. It might you know, it might suit the manager to give him a wee rest. It might suit Andy Robertson to take a wee rest, and it might suit suit us to to get Costas in and, and give him a wee run. And at the same time, might suit Simicus as well to to feel that you know that the meritocracy is is still functioning and is in is in full effect because he has been good and he looks he looks handy. Um, he contributes going forward. He, he looks what's the word? Yeah, competent, stable in in defence. He's done everything that's been required. First game in, you know, the one there were one or two moments, but you know that's fair enough for for somebody making their basically making their their debut certainly in front of fans. Um, so why not? There is a shout for it. it it's, I mean, rotation needs to happen. Um, you know, we don't have the the embarrassment of riches that um, Manchester City has, so we need to keep players fresh. And and why we have the opportunity was. We may as well take it. Yeah, it's true. Um, so look, Johnny, just to just to come on to come on to Wednesday night's game then. Um, Athletic will cause us problems. You know, it, do you know what? Not this similar. It wasn't this similar that Athletic game to Burnley, where you go up early and then you. You feel like you're going to go on and, and absolutely trounce them, but we let them back in. On that occasion, we we get the penalty and we win the game. We don't get the slice of luck that we needed on Saturday. But there's a, a real opportunity here. We talk about resting players and rotating players. Um, if we win, we qualify. If we win and anything less than a Porto win happens, we qualify and top the group. But as I said, this is this is not an easy team to play. They you know they win three 0 at the weekend. Um they are what three points off the top of the game in hand. So they're still, they're flying high and we know we know how miserable and miserly the day can be. So you know what do you what do you think? Um what do you expect to see from us lineup wise and do you think do you think we'll address the problems that we've been having? Because this is a perfect opportunity to go out and put whatever hopefully Klopp has been been putting into the training sessions to try and address that issue in the practice. Oh yeah, it's it's a it's a perfect examination, it's a perfect platform to see exactly where you're at because you know, we talk about <coughs> You play Man United, who are in absolute shambles. You're not coached at all. Brighton coached very well. Um, and then you've got Atletico, who've got absolute top players 
La Liga winners and absolutely drilled to perfection <laughs> by a, a serious taskmaster and a very good coach. And yeah, they're 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 a team of shit houses as well, and <laughs> they they know every dark art in the book. But it's a it's it is a great opportunity. I mean, I I tend to look at it and I think if we've got one, and it looked the two of them were training. I think if we had Henderson and either of Thiago and Fabinho starting, but especially Fabinho, I'd feel a lot more sort of solid about the. You know about the midfield. Uh, you know, I could. You know, I could, there would be a platform there, and and we don't need to go chasing this game. You know, we've we've got the big, the big win there. Um, I think it's interesting their team news. Um, which which it's it's really positive for us that um, Lamar is ruled out, and Simeone said he's not going to be playing. He he really caused us problems. He was excellent. Um, he really gave us problems down that left side. He's he's a really really good clever footballer, very technically very strong, and and Griezmann's not playing either. And Griezmann obviously was he was the danger man. He he you know he he really caught us out. So yeah, you know you you'll still have Felix. You'll you still have you know your 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 Suarez's and 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 and, they, and they've got top. You know they've got top players. They'll make it very difficult for us. Come come Bogbe come Bogbe or Bogbe is it? He's come he's all Bogbe. Don't know why I just forgot how to say his name. He's still <laughs> he's still he's not playing. He's ruled out. So you know team wise we we don't really have any excuses. I don't think we can go oh our midfield crisis. Oh it's going to be so tough. They've they've got big big players ruled out of this game as well. So. I'm expecting to see, you know, I, I'm probably thinking, <laughs> based on the weekend, uh, that Simicast could probably deserve a shout, but it feels like too big a game, and Rabo's built up a lot of trust. Uh, um, I think you'll see Matip come in, and I think you'll see a midfield of, uh, of, of, of Hendo and probably Jones and one of the two. You know, I don't think he'd play the two of them. Um, you know, I, ca- I can't imagine he'd be comfortable enough throwing the two of them in. Uh, he might have a plan actually to play one and then maybe replace them on sixty or something like that. Um, I think Jotta'll start. I think um, um, I, I don't think for Salah. Uh, he could start for Manny or maybe for Firmino because Bobby had a sloppy had a sloppy game. Um, so that, that that's it. but it, but there's not a huge amount I think that can change really in our team. Uh, you know, it's, it's the midfield, and it's just whether Jota plays or not for me. Yeah, it, it, it does look that way, Chief. It's obviously Anfield under the lights. It's a European night, which is great, and we know how we like the Razor game. But Athletic will have come here and done us before more than once. Um, and the thing is. They really, really need something, don't they? Because they're putting themselves, they're putting themselves with a, in a no room for error situation if they don't. Um, because theoretically, they could they could still finish bottom of the group. Never mind not qualifying for the next round. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. I mean, for us, you know, our work is done almost in our heads as fans. Um, we've got the nine points. We've got the hard-fought win over there in the end. Um, and you sort of look at it and think, you know, some are probably, some are potentially thinking already about resting players and only needing a draw and, you know, 10 points usually get you through and yada, yada, yada. And they, of course, as you've just mentioned, they're, they're desperate. They need the points. Um, so it's not going to be a gimme by any stretch of the imagination, although, you know, Atletico, as you mentioned, as Johnny mentioned there, they've got key players missing. Um, and generally their away form isn't, isn't half as good as their home. Um, in Europe and in Spain, uh, but particularly in Europe over the years, although, although they did come down, Phil and beat us last season. That was, that was a, or two seasons ago, sorry. That was a mad game. And, you know, we sort of we sort of won that game as well in a way. They won they won the last half an hour, the, the last sort of twenty twenty five minutes. Um, so yeah, it's it's never nice playing them. They're as Johnny mentioned earlier, they're they're a combination of the the um, of everything you you don't really want to come up against. Top quality coaching, top quality players, really gnarly, really real arseholes, really horrible to play against. Um, and absolutely desperate for points as well. So, so it's not going to be that much fun, but um, still, obviously, back us at Anfield um, to 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 do the business, and especially if you can bring the likes of Fabio, Fabinho and Thiago. That was a combination of the two of them. If you can bring Fabinho and, and Thiago back in there, and and uh, perhaps Joe Manib and Virgil Van Dijk at the back. Uh, I think it, it gives us every chance. All right, Dan. So, give me a score prediction, Chief. 2-1 Liverpool. Okay. Johnny? It, exactly what I was going to say. 2-1 Liverpool. Yeah. 2-1 Liverpool. I think, it'll be, I think it'll be a tight game, an early game. I just think we'll have too much for them. I think our forwards will... Just have that bit too much for them and Anfield under the lights and hopefully they'll miss they'll miss Griezmann. Okay. All right then. So just to finish this off for a little bit of fun. Um top four. Top four. I've been thinking about this over the weekend and I'm looking at it. Nuno's just been sacked. Spurs are talking about bringing in Antonio Conte. West Hammer flying and scoring goals left, right and centre. Leicester certainly aren't out of it. And Arsenal go, what, nine games unbeaten now? And on form, they're they're right up there. You've also got the Manchester United conundrum. So, Johnny, for you, where are you with the top four race? I think we all know what the top three is going to be, but (laughs) who do you think might sneak in there? It's it's it, it is really interesting, isn't it? When you it's, when you put it, when you put it like I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I just think purely with the personnel they have, despite the handicap of having a clueless manager, I still think United have the individuals to sort of pick up 
enough points. And one of one of the things I've noticed about United as well is in a couple of weeks they go into a they they go into a really really good run of fixtures for about like honestly for about nine or ten games where you would think that even if they're semi competent at all with the likes of Bruno and, and Ronaldo and Cavani you would think they'll pick up points so. I still think they've got enough to get that job done, but there's no doubt it's getting interesting because, as you say, West Ham, really good, looking really good. Um, you know, Arsenal, maybe, Dave, this will be the... <laughs> you've, you've been bigging up the Arteta project, haven't you? Um, and, and maybe people were a bit... I don't know, maybe we jumped the gun a bit. I, I'm, a I believer, didn't put the, I'm a believer. <laughs> You are a believer. I mean, maybe people jumped the gun, but they, you know, people were tearing them to shreds after Brentford away. Then it sort of emerged that Brentford aren't a bad team, actually. They've given a lot of good teams, including us, a run for it. And then they had Chelsea and they had Man City and they got tonked and people were like putting the boot under them. But And then ironically, know, ironically, just as we speak after the Brighton game, they were getting stick for drawing, I think, one each at Brighton as well. Yeah, which yeah, yeah, you're right, and 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 all of a sudden they 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 look like they've got the makings of a team. You know that Tommy Asu, Ben White, Saldan, Ramsdale's playing really well for them. You've got Partey. They 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 look like a bit of a unit. You know they they look like they're doing something and they're getting organised. So their their fans are in a different place. I'd have to say with the individuals they had, you still gotta look at United and think, surely to Christ they'll find. Those players will find ways to win enough games to get them there. I think the Conte one is really, really interesting because he he just is a master at going into clubs. Spurs have a lot of very good players. You know, he he's got a proven track record of getting a tune out of players very quickly. You know, and and there's plenty of talent in that's in that Spurs team to work with and. And they'll be interesting. They're they're not, you know, it's not unrecoverable by any means for Spurs. So I still think, listen, if you ask me now, give me a million, here's a million pounds, and you have to put pick a team to double your money. Um, who would it be? <laughs> I'd probably put my million on on United. But yeah, it's it's interesting anyway. I think it looks like Conte's more or less done. By the way, at the time where recording this so you know you've got Klopp, Pep, Tuchel and Conte which is some pr- some pretty elite and so shy and Ole at the way but it is it's you know there's, that's a lot of really elite coaching quality at, in the Premier League so yeah it's, it's going to be interesting let's just say playing Spurs after Conte has them for a couple of weeks will be a very very different proposition to playing them now yeah, um, that's very true, Chief. When Conte came in um, to Chelsea, he took them from 50 points the season before to 93 points. Um, so Johnny's absolutely right. There, There is an immediate impact um, on a squad of players. Who's your million pound on? It's interesting. There are a few sort of dark horses. I mean... Wolves are interesting. They've they've come from absolutely nowhere and they've put together a run of form now. I think they're four wins in five and Jimenez has started to score again and they seem to have sort of gotten it right a little bit more at the back and some of the things that they were trying that 
that weren't really coming off at the beginning uh, seem to be now. So they're an interesting sort of outside shot. They were sort of pushing for top six and, and, and top, well, not quite top four, but certainly top six under, under Nuno and then obviously dropped back a little bit um, with Jimenez being out last season. Arsenal are mad. They, as, as you, they were basically, as you were saying, they were basically written off at the start of the season. Um, I think Spurs with Conte, as as Johnny says, they'll they'll be a different proposition if he can get Harry Kane believing in believing in Spurs again and not just lamenting the Daniel Levy situation. Then they can be a different different team as well because at the moment they're nowhere. Um, West Ham are, are interested. I mean, they're the ones in who who hold it at the moment. Um, if they can keep they keep keep playing the way they're playing and you know keep Antonio fit for, for as much of the season as possible. Um they'll be a decent shout as well. You know, potentially they'll dry up sort of towards towards the end of the season because of Europa League commitments is Europa League or Conference League, one of them anyway. Um but so far they've handled it alright. They've handled it well and they're 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 pretty consistent and they're good to watch. Um uh, I don't. United have the individuals definitely, and they can certainly beat the beat the cannon fodder. But they're so badly managed. I just I, I think with when you've got Arteta there and you've got Conte there and you've got someone like the the Moisaia there, <laughs> then um, Ole Ole could struggle. Um, but yeah, they've they've certainly got the got the personnel, got the got the money's been spent, shall we say, to 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 give them the best possible chance. But it, it's really anybody's, um, and that's that's the that's the that's the good thing, I suppose, about fourth place because the top three is pretty much sewn up. Um, it's just a matter of which order that that happens to they they happen to fall in. So there needs to be something for for neutrals to get to get excited about. All right, then. Thank God you mentioned West Ham since we played it next week. I was getting worried there that would have just the podcast would have just put the jinx on us. We're going to the uh, the London Stadium. So, all right, guys. Thanks for joining me. That was uh, interesting. Um, and until after Atletico up the leaky leaky Reds. 